successful media and public affairs consultant, accomplished entrepreneur and national writer and contributor, attorney who served in the Missouri House of Representatives, worked in the White House and CNN, thought leader, entrepreneur, and host who takes the conversation to the next level. Prepare to get rare access to fascinating guests. You're connected. You have the it factor. You've joined Brill Nation. Get a hooter. Connect with Jason on Twitter at Jason Grill. Connect with the show on Twitter at Grill Nation Show. And online at GrillNationShow.com. Welcome your host of Grill Nation. Always dressed up and ready to go even in a radio studio. Here's Jason Grill. Hello and welcome to the Grill Nation Show on 980 AM KMBZ Radio. As well as on iTunes and Stitcher Radio. And appreciate you joining me as well today if you have located us on our website. It's uh, grillnationshow.com. Appreciate you always joining us each and every week. Hope you've enjoyed our shows. We enter show 131 now of the Grill Nation Show. Uh, we've interviewed a lot of people and uh, had a lot of great people on board throughout the journey. So uh, appreciate you joining us again this week. Before we get to our show, I want to thank our partners and supporters. We're going to have a fun show today. I think it's uh, going to be unique, innovative, and uh, something we don't Typically do. We usually showcase uh, guests, but I'm going to showcase some, some things that can help you out today uh, in your daily lives. I want to thank our partners and supporters of the Grill Nation show. Title sponsors of the show are Trust, MoBank, BOK Financial, and Two West Advisors and Ryan Rink. Guest hosts and contributors and on-air guest hosts to Grill Nation are The Rieger and Jay Rieger & Co. Ryan Maybe is a bi-monthly guest host. One Light Luxury Apartments. And today's uh, guest host, a monthly guest host, partner and supporter of the show, on-air contributor, is Clifton Alexander from Reactor Design Studios. Clifton, welcome to the show. What's up, Jason? How's it going? Good to see you again. You got your orange puffy jacket today. Oh, yeah, that's right. (laughs) That's the the best thing about winter is I get to wear my orange puffy coat. Okay. (laughs) That's about about it. (laughs) You know, the first few days of uh, fall and winter, you get a little... uh, chill in the air and you're like oh, oh cool i get to wear a puffy vest finally. or whatever i never do that anymore yeah. that's really one of the only positives about uh <laughs> for me that's about up. it that's about it is i i don't like the cold but i like my puffy coat that's true that's true you do like your orange too yep so uh clifton how you been man uh Cl- man let's I'm, let's, let's I'm first good. off say reactor design yeah. studios reactorkc.com branding uh, website marketing everything you need all in one they're a creative group out of kansas city and the crossroads they do work across the country and here in kansas city so you guys been working hard i'd assume always (laughs) always always we're launching some new uh new projects right now and um all over the place one is local to kansas city a developer that we're working with we're getting ready to update their brand and their brand voice and I'm um, doing some other cool things with them. We're launching a new project with our friends in uh, in the Bronx, New York. Our um, uh, school partners that we have there, working on helping them attract better uh, talent to their teacher fairs and get them to. Um, uh, it's a really interesting problem to have, right? When you're a school, you hire a lot of teachers, but attracting the best talent to your schools in the Bronx or in certain parts of New York is is difficult. Mm-hmm. And so we're working with them to help solve that problem and to, to help them attract some really, really neat people. So mm-hmm. really great, incredible schools, but locations and other things affect that. And so we're working with them to help figure that out. So awesome. Interesting. Awesome. Interesting problem. Interesting solutions, hopefully. And, uh, yeah, so that, that's kind of some of the new cool things, interesting things we're working on. But, uh, yeah, otherwise, just working away. 
And everyone's happy at the business, I assume. I think so. Yeah. Like, um, you know, we're just getting into enter into the holiday season. We're going to be closed between Christmas and New Year's like usual. It's an extra five days or so off for everybody. The question and, there is, is that, uh, people, uh, I work with a lot of people yeah. at, the, at a different groups and they get a lot of time off around the holidays because they, they don't do anything anyways. They're not as productive so that they feel like yeah. if no one else is working, why not us too? Yeah. Well, we, we made that decision a couple of years ago where most people were taking off that time and we just said, you know what, what's the, what's the point? And the week and, between Christmas and New Year's. Yeah. And, in stressing about that, it, it doesn't, yeah, it's more money, some lost productivity for us, but honestly, it's, uh, it doesn't really bother me all that much. Um, most people aren't going to be setting strategic meetings and things like that during that time. And so we'll get our work done before and after and everyone will get an extra week off during the year. And, um, it's a lot less, uh, stress for everybody and, mm-hmm. and just more freeing. I, it, we just continue to, to play in that game of, of better work-life balance for all of our employees. And that's just such a critical thing with everyone at my company and, and the, just the philosophy that I have. And so, I know that I know that everybody's going to get their work done, mm-hmm. uh, no matter what. They they may have to work a little harder leading up to Christmas or maybe afterwards, but um, they'll have some nice time off with their families they don't have to worry about. There you go, yeah. Clifton Alexander, Reactor Design Studios. Uh, so today's show, we uh, we had a brainstorm uh, a couple weeks ago, and we decided that uh, Clifton and I meet every three or four months, talk about potential show ideas and guests. We lined out a bunch of guests for the next few months, but on today's show, we decided to just kind of keep it to us. Um, Clifton, you are a tech guy and you, uh, seem to be in the know about most things going on in the, in the tech world. Uh, is that the new iPhone I, I see so. or is it not, not yet? yet? No, okay. it's in the mail. I gonna I, I'm going to get it on Friday. <laughs> I know. I, my new phone arrives this week. So. Okay. Well, we'll have um, to, we'll yeah. have to have that in the studio next <laughs> yeah. time because I'm deciding yeah. if I need an upgrade. Yeah. But, uh, today's show, we decided to talk about, um, some things that you cannot live without in life, uh, from a app lifestyle, uh, business perspective so we'll break it out into personal apps uh business apps and uh maybe some lifestyle stuff too just maybe just some random interesting uh (laughs) things that don't really have a lot to do with anything except they're just really cool right uh and and this is this is something that um we we kind of talk about from time to time because you uh, you have a lot of things on your phone i can already tell and on your computer that you you carry around and, and and i thought like you know what as someone who uses kind of the same apps all the time, it's going to be good for our listeners to kind of hear some hear about some things that maybe are really good uh, in your daily life from a personal and business perspective and really talk about how they're important and the ways they've changed the way you live and you work. Yeah, you bet. Um, I'm just a big believer in in technology and embracing what's what's coming. I'm not a um, – there's a few things where I just say, okay, maybe we should wait till the, the next round or iteration of something until it gets better, but – Typically, I'm a first adopter type. You know, when the new phones come out, I get the new phone. I embrace the technology. I'm going to figure out all this uh, facial recognition stuff pretty soon here. Um, I've already received a couple of uh, animated emojis from the new iPhone from a couple of friends. And, Have you? Uh, ready, to, ready to rock and roll on that. It's one of those funny things where, you know, you could put all the tech in the world into something so incredibly high tech as the new iPhone 10. But most people will just have so much fun with the animated emojis because of it, and that that'll become That's the, the rallying cry. Snapchat you know? has grown, yeah, right. Because but people of the, yeah. people laugh at that, but That's like right. the uh, the Silicon Valley show on uh, Showtime or HBO, I don't remember which one. It is. I think it's HBO. 
Maybe it is Showtime. I don't know. But they yeah. have the uh, they had an episode where he was talking about his business and all this work he'd done, and then they had like a guy in a room just putting monkey faces on himself. Or <laughs> right, he's like, "This is the next big thing. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> this is going to change people's com- lives." That's what it comes down to. You know, people just people love to have fun. I think, and maybe that's what it all boils down to is all of this technology. Sometimes it can just make things more interesting and fun and that's okay. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, does it warrant a thousand dollars to purchase the phone? Probably not. But all of the other things the phone does, those are incredibly important and those are worth a thousand dollars. The animojis, those are fun, interesting things that just make our life better. Right. And they, they make things more interesting for us as humans. We love emotion. We love laughter, um, all those sorts of things. And, and these are the types of things that help that. So on today's show, we're going to talk to Clifton about apps he cannot do without in his personal and business life and some things that can make your life easier and change the way you work and live uh, and make your life uh, more fun and uh, more uh, efficient and productive as well. You're listening to The Grill Nation Show. I'm your host, Jason Grill, KMBZ 980 AM and on iTunes and Stitcher. I appreciate you joining us today. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Grill Nation with Jason Grill here on 980 AM KMBZ and on podcast via iTunes and Stitcher as well as at GrillNationShow.com where you can find all of our guests, shows, photos of our guests, and more information about what we do here each and every week with thought leaders throughout the region and nation here on the Grill Nation Show. Connect with me on Twitter at Jason Grill and at Grill Nation Show as well as on other social medias at just search for Jason Grill or Grill Nation Show. We're talking to a partner and supporter of the Grill Nation Show, monthly guest and thought leader when it comes to branding, marketing, technology, you name it. Uh, Clifton Alexander's here with me in studio. ReactorKC.com is the website if you uh, if you need to talk to someone about anything revolving around marketing, branding, or uh, website development. Uh, Clifton is with us today because we wanted to talk about apps, which we never yeah. do on the show. Right. We never really kind of break down some things that are exciting uh, that can help you in your daily life. We usually profile guests and thought leaders and cool <laughs> things going on in Kansas City and across the region. But we thought it'd be cool today to just kind of break down some some up and coming uh, things that people use in their daily lives. Clifton will highlight them, and hopefully you'll uh, you'll draw one from the show and say, you know what, I'm gonna grab that app and I'm gonna I'm gonna learn and I'm gonna I'm gonna change my daily life a little bit for the better so hopefully Clifton, yeah, ha- we'll <laughs> yeah yeah we, uh, i got an email from you about 1 30 in the morning last night with the yeah. list so we'll see how this goes i'm always always working right i was probably half falling asleep as i was typing that up okay so um i wanted to backtrack just a, just a okay. tiny bit on that because i think one of the reasons this is even a good topic or or something that we could even spend a show talking about is that apps and app culture and the way we use our phones and our computers and everything has become so prolific in our daily lives mm-hmm. that, I mean, I, I marked a few things down here that even things that you would have never thought, you know, the iPhone is about 10 years old and that was the start of the app 
world in terms was of it? micro apps and how that all worked. It was about nine years ago. And now to this day, nine, ten years later, not that long, if you think about it in the history of technology and innovation, we have apps for literally everything, right? Yep. So like my school that my kids go to, they have an app. We can look up everything related to what piece of homework is due tomorrow to the school calendar to information on how to get in touch with other parents and things like that. So, my, you, so that is useful. It's very useful. Okay. My church has an app, right? Where you can donate, you can look at calendar, you can do all the same type of stuff. Mm-hmm. Even my freaking sprinkler system that I use at home has an app. So I can, I can hook up my sprinklers to the box on my house and it connects via Wi-Fi to my house system. And then from my phone right here, I could turn on my sprinkler right now. That's amazing. And that, that is like, it, like that it's kind of, it, lives, gets, right. it gets to that point where the interfaces on these devices, like the sprinkler box are very complicated. But when you remove it from that and you put it onto a full screen with an app, I can set up my sprinkler zones, the individual watering times, all that stuff. I can do it in a fraction of the time in a much more clear learning environment on the screen via an app than ever doing it on the actual box that's sitting on the side of my house mm-hmm. for that stuff. And so it's just one of those natural progressions of how things have become more technologically focused. And you could say, well, that seems really ridiculous to have an app just for your sprinklers. But honestly, that's the reason I'm able to use my sprinklers as much as I'm able to, because it's such a pain to set the box. I can do it so much easier on here. I can test it. I can do whatever I need to do. I can cancel it if it starts raining. Um, it'll check weather patterns. It'll do all those sorts of things for me. Um, but that, the point being is not about the app for the sprinkler, but more just about how these things are becoming so prolific that this is one of the reasons why we can even have a show like this, mm-hmm. which I think is pretty interesting. My question for you is, is every day I, I have to update like 27 apps yeah. or 30 apps. Yeah. How is that yeah. possible? Do you, do you do the auto updating or do you do it on your own individually? I just manually? get the, the red the red yeah. dots above the app, the app store. Yeah. And yeah. it's like, it says like it, 62 I think, or. And I think what it is, is just, there's so many things going on behind the scenes with all the apps, especially the bigger apps, the ones that are more, um, that have teams of developers working on them and things like that. They're just, they're constantly making tweaks. And I think that's one of the, one of the interesting things about this type of system versus the old system where you had a CD or a disc that you would put in your computer and you would run the update, and then a year later it would update again, uh-huh. right? They're allowed to, or it's allowing us and allowing the developers to do real-time updates to things. If somebody is having an issue or if there's a bug in the app, they can just fix it and push out a new version tomorrow. And that's one of the things that's so much different than how it was in the past where everything is just connected, and we can constantly do that. So that's why you get those update notifications all the time. I thought it was for the developers and security are, purposes too. No, right? Well, yeah, those security breaches, Hackers, all those kinds of yeah. things, right? Um, but it's pretty interesting to pop open your app one day for whatever it is, and then all of a sudden the interface looks different because overnight it updated itself or whatever, and and you're just constantly tweaking and changing things. Um, but developers have the ability to do that, and so we can keep up pretty real time with the technology with um, what's happening in security and functionality and user interface and all that kind of stuff, and they can tweak and change on the fly, which is pretty cool. It is cool. Um, talk to me more about some of your favorite apps for um, personal. 
uh, and and why use them each and every day. I, I really appreciate yeah. the the school because you always wonder about is this ever going to end? You know, because <laughs> a couple years ago I office with a uh, not a couple years ago about five or six at this point, but a, a mobile app design company, mm-hmm. and I was there. It was right when nobody was making apps in Kansas right. City, and it just blew up. Yeah, but then. I started thinking to myself, is this, is this going to hit a, a mass point where everyone's like, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's because some people now are reverting back to, I don't want to check the app. Yeah. I will go online or I will, yeah. you know, it's weird. It's like, is it, is it, how much room does it have to grow still before we get to your list? Well, um, we're already, we already have apps controlling our sprinklers and our washer and dryers and all that stuff, yeah. right? Like maybe we have hit the peak, yeah, right? right? Like what else could you well, that's, possibly that's different. I'm talking about for, too, like, but, like, you know, this, People are like, let's say you said your school or your church. Yeah, yeah. I mean, is it? Is, does everyone have those now, or is it just something that still has room to grow? I because I, I well, feel like I, here's it what I'll say. Wall. Here's what I'll say. I feel like we may not have room to grow in terms of what things can be connected to apps. I think there's a tremendous amount of growth possibility in how we interact with the apps mm-hmm. and what types of services and. Um, uh, things are provided through those apps. Does that make sense? So, mm-hmm. yes, my school has an app. Yes, my church has an app. Yes, my sprinkler system has an app, right? <laughs> but there's a long way to go for what types of functionality I can, I can add to those things. But for retail purchases, those haven't really taken off. Maybe on, they have. On, on like app if I want to go to yeah. like, Target and, yeah. and their website, I can buy or Amazon. Yeah. Is there an Amazon app? There is an Amazon app, and I use it from time to time. I, f- I feel like sometimes the website's a little bit easier, but that's but, my point. But here's the reason to do it, though, for Amazon. The reason to do it via app is we have our phones, or we tend to have our phones with us 100% of the time. Mm-hmm. We're not always in front of our computer, in front of a web browser. Right. And so if I am sitting down at my desk, and maybe I'm in a meeting or maybe I'm sitting in front of the TV and I'm doing whatever. If something pops into my brain and says, you know, oh, uh, I got to order that toy for my baby because he's teething. It's a lot easier for me to just pull up my Amazon app on my phone because I'm already sitting there. I have my phone in my pocket, TV's on, and I can just do a quick search for teethers for babies. And I can say, oh, this one looks good. Click, send, done, two okay, days later. So I guess maybe this has now come full circle. Yeah. because. Websites are mobile optimized now. Correct. So Every the, retail site has, right. if they're if they're worth their salt, right. has a mobile optimized right. website. So the difference between the app versus the website, then on that note, is yeah, I could also go to the Amazon website via my phone. Mm-hmm. The difference for this is more for Amazon than it is for me. The difference is through the web app, they can actually push notifications back to me as opposed to me only being able to interact with it one way. Okay. So if I'm interacting with the website, an Amazon website, it can't respond back to me. But if I have the Amazon app loaded on my phone, Amazon can send me a notification saying your item has shipped and it pops up on my phone or whatever the notification is. It can remind me of coupons or Black Fridays coming up or those sorts of things. And that's one of the reasons why retailers will have an app aside from just their mobile website is because of those types of things is the, it's a little more interactive. Now those things become a little bit more intrusive uh, to us. And so we just have to kind of decide what's better for us. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm kind of on the fence on which way is better or not via app or mobile website. I feel like apps sometimes respond a little quicker, things like that. But um, ultimately they're all, 
pinging from the same place, from the same data stream. So, I don't know. I wanted to take us through that journey there before we get to your list because I think it is interesting. Mm-hmm. As 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 yep. phones continue yep. to get better and better and mobile yep. gets better and better. Is but it- even just thinking about like like what I said earlier is the opportunity is not in new apps being created. The opportunity is higher levels of functionality and better interaction with mm-hmm. the user. Mm-hmm. So yes, my school has the app and I can find information points but my school hasn't fully embraced this ability to connect back with me or provide additional levels of service. If we're having a board meeting, they could stream the board meeting live only to school association members via the app if you're logged in in a certain way or something like that. Like those are additional things that could happen where maybe we could do voting that way. If I can't make the school board meeting and I have to vote, but I can watch it live on my phone as a registered association member, then I can click the vote button or something like that. We can't do that yet, but I'm just saying there's, there's cool. possibilities for things like that where we can continue to interact at a deeper level and grow those sorts of presences like that. Fascinating stuff with Clifton Alexander today, Reactor Design Studios, reactorkc.com. We use that whole segment to kind of talk about app philosophy and uh, mobile. But uh, in our next segment, Clifton, I want to really break down uh, apps that you should be using in your personal life and your business. You're listening to Grill Nation. Thanks for joining us. We'll be right back. I got that sunshine in my pocket. Got that good soul in my feet. I feel that hot blood in my body. It drops. Welcome back to Grill Nation with Jason Grill. I'm your host, Jason Grill. I appreciate you joining us again today on 980 AM KMBZ. And for those listening on the web, I appreciate you joining us as well as those listening on iTunes or Stitcher Radio today. We're talking to Clifton Alexander, Reactor Design Studios. The website is reactorkc.com. And Clifton is a reoccurring uh, monthly guest on the show, usually uh, brings a really cool uh, guest with him, co-host. Uh, he co-hosts with me. But today we're talking to him about apps uh, exclusively in things that can help you in your daily life. Clifton, I want to talk about lifestyle and home apps that you use and uh, highlight those for our listeners. Uh, let's start off with Sleep Cycle. Yeah, so um, have you ever used a sleep app of any kind or have you ever had anything connected to your watch? I'm or pretty your... much uh, boring. I've had that yeah. once. I think I did that one night yeah. with my uh, Garmin or whatever. Or, or my yeah, Fitbit. the Fitbits yeah. used to do those kind of things. I don't, I've don't. i never had a Fitbit, but um, I downloaded this app. Uh, a little less than a year ago, it's called Sleep Cycle, and the whole point of it is you you set this app as your alarm to wake up in the morning. So it has a couple different functionalities. One is you set the alarm, and say you set it for 6.30 in the morning. What it will do is the alarm will actually go off sometime between 6 o'clock and 6.30. There's about a half an hour window of time where the alarm will go off. And what it's doing is it's monitoring your your wakefulness, yep. I suppose. And if it, if it senses that you're more awake already at around 6.15, the alarm will just go off at 6.15 instead of waiting until 6.30. Oh, really? And so the idea is that as you're in these cycles of sleep, there are times when you're a little more awake, when you're not really quite as in a deep sleep, and it'll try to gently wake you up when you're less of a deep sleep, right? With the maximum of saying if you're just in a dead deep sleep all the way until 6.30 a.m., it'll just go off at 6.30. But it may sometimes my alarm goes off half an hour before I set it. 
and then I snooze it a couple times. But yeah. um, but the, it's interesting, and I, I don't know. I haven't figured out a correlation in the end of, of the day if I wake up more wakeful or things like that. I'm not really sure about all that kind of thing. But aside from that type of data and that type of wakefulness, what it does is the app, it, my phone sits right next to my bed, and it monitors my breathing um, overnight. And then it, it tells me when I wake up in the morning. So this morning I woke up, tells me what how long I was in bed. So one thirteen a.m. to 6.41 a.m. That was how long I was in bed. My sleep quality last night was 65%. Okay. So 100% is good. Um, time in bed. He was so it, excited about taping the show today. I know. It, I know. <laughs> it talks about how it tells me how long I spent in the evening snoring. So if I was snoring last night, it'll tell me how long. And then it has little clips that you can click on that'll have little sound bites of your actual snoring. So you can monitor that if you really want to, <laughs> which is fascinating to me because I think it's like, it's like, like last night was much less than normal. So what was it that, you know, you could ultimately, the idea is you're building a set of data that you can use to alter your sleep habits to try to get better, higher percentage sleep habits, right? Interesting. Get more and better sleep. So it tells me if it was cloudy or sunny, it tells me if it was raining, tells me how much activity I had that day um, and all of that sort of stuff. So what it's doing is it's, like I said, it's building this data stream and it's looking for trends. So if I look on my trends over the last week, it tells which times I woke up. It'll tell me things like um, uh, if my sleep quality has increased or decreased based on the days that I've worked out versus days that I haven't worked out. It'll tell me sleep quality affected by the weather. And so it's building this entire pattern of, data that it's now starting to mine and it's 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 putting these graphs out there to tell me these things so uh would we'll give us some feedback real quick we got to get going to our yeah. next app but what are, what are its takeaways do you so, work, get more sleep when you work out or what well um so i do I get like more I sleep do. i do get more sleep my, when my app in my brain tells activity me so it's so workout it'll say um sometimes it'll say uh lower sleep quality that day but overall my sleep quality affected by activity number of steps a day is higher it's uh, up to almost 20% higher if I've had a day of 10,000 steps or 15,000 steps or worked out um, versus some other things. Um, days of the week, it'll tell me Friday is my best sleep quality day, and that's just because I go to bed super early on Fridays because I'm dead from the week, right? Um, but what I find the most useful, some of that stuff isn't super useful. It's just interesting. Mm -hmm. But what I find most useful about it is that every morning when I wake up, I'm looking at the statistics of how long I slept, and I'm constantly trying to improve that. And I look at my numbers and I say, okay, I was only in bed for five and a half hours like the last night. That's not enough. And so the next day I try to improve that by a little bit. So it just gives me these little subtle cues to try to improve my sleep quality. And so I've, I'm, I'm in it for about 250 days or so on here. At the end of the year, I'll start to evaluate that and really look at those numbers and see if there's different things I can figure out. But Cool. So it's just more interesting than anything else. Sleep cycle. Um, great yeah. lifestyle. What yeah. are some other ones you have? That so you uh, I have kids that play a lot of sports, and so I have some different scoreboard type of, of apps. I'm always keeping, like if my, if my son is playing baseball, I'm always keeping score on my watch because I don't trust what's on the scoreboard because it's usually like like a parent running the scoreboard or whatever. Um, or some of the places drinking, we play. They've been drinking whiskey. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> some of the places we play, they don't have a scoreboard. And so I know that the coaches are keeping score and whatnot, but it just allows me to keep 
score just so I can keep an accurate count of what's going on. Super, so I use my Apple Watch. Super dad. Super over dad, there. yeah. I use my Apple Watch for that. So I have a couple apps that sync directly to my watch, and I just use the watch, and when it runs scores, there's an out. I can do that. Um, scoreboard is the one I use for that. I um, Let's see. Uh, weather. Okay, so do you are you a weather nerd? Like, do you track weather that much, or do you not care? I, I use the Apple app. You use Apple? Okay. <laughs> so, it changes all the okay. time. So I'm not... I'm really weird about the weather. Maybe it's because I'm from California where the weather is pretty constant all the time. Mm -hmm. But around here, especially in the wintertime, one of my favorite, absolute favorite things to do is to look for and try to find out when it's going to snow. Because I want to know, like, as as soon as possible, like weeks in advance, if I can, when the next chances are for snow. You're in the media industry. You just you just text the meteorologist. That's what yeah, right, I do. I right. te- text Michelle Bugway the Fox yeah. Four. And I She's say, like, "Hey, is it going to snow?" Mike Thompson. I say, <laughs> "Okay, when's it going to snow?" And yeah. they, they usually tell me. So, okay, so that's a good point for you, right? I don't have that capability. I can't right. just text Gary Lezak and say when it's going <laughs> to snow. But I will say this: this is an app, this is not an app, but Forty One Action Weather. Gary Lezak. They have an incredible blog mm-hmm. that almost every day they make a post, and it's a very long, threaded, written out post with images and graphs and charts and measurements and wind speed and all that kind of stuff, You're geeking right? out about that, aren't you? And it goes really, really deep into what's happening with the weather currently and what's going to happen. When you watch the weather on TV or you look at the weather forecasts on your app, all you see is percentage chance of precipitation, what the temperature is. That's about all you get, mm-hmm. even online or even on the, on the show. But this weather um, blog that they have is incredible. And if it's going to snow a week from now, I'll, I will go on to that three times a day and I'll look for updates and I'll read because it just gets really in depth, mm-hmm. like super in depth on, on every little thing that's happening in the atmosphere and what the chances are. And a lot of times it will tell you a lot more information before it ever hits the, the app or whatever. Um, or even the newscast. And so I love that. So it's not an app in itself, but what I do is I've had a, um, bookmark to that, um, website booked and you can create a home, but you can create a button like, a, so it looks like an app. So I go onto my phone and I click that button for the 41 news blog app. And what it does is it just opens up a link in my Safari browser to that thing. Cool. So there's stuff like that that you can do with it. Um, I just love that. I don't know. It's super detailed. I like to get into that when it's about to snow. Um, do you go to sports events a lot? I, I do. Yes. Okay. Have you ever used StubHub? I have. Yes. Okay. I sell so, on StubHub. I, I bought yeah. tickets on there. Okay. Yes. So I'm a big user of StubHub, SeatGeek, GameTime. Um, I have a whole system that I work out. If I'm going to a sporting event or anything like that, I almost always buy my tickets through one of these brokers. Um, usually because it's like last minute or something. I don't know why, but tell me um, your system. So I have a system because I'm a, I'm a big, big believer in finding the right seat, the exact right seat. So a StubHub, you can look on there and it'll say you're going to be in row 12, seat 11, whatever, section 205. I have no idea where that really is. I can look at section 205 on the map that the Royals or the sporting people get you, but I can't tell exactly where that seat is, right? Mm Mm-hmm. And so um, SeatGeek has a map of every stadium and, and arena, and it'll show you the exact seat location. So I go into SeatGeek, and I look at the exact seat location, and I see what tickets they have for sale. If they don't have something for sale that I like, I'll go over to StubHub. I'll look at the seat, and I'll say, that seems like a really good seat. But let me go over to SeatGeek and find out exactly where it is. Is it on the aisle? Is it in the middle of a row of 30? Is it, you know, wherever it is, right? How close is it to the field? If it says it's row C, 
that doesn't mean that it's three rows back from the field. That could mean it's it's the first row, right? Because some of the way they some of the royal some of the royal are seatings like that, are like yeah. that, where they they tear things back, and if there's a little cut in how the the field goes, row C in some areas might be the first row. Yeah, and I want to know that, and you can't tell that by just looking at the seat number. That's right. So I go in, and so I use a combination of all those apps to look for What's the best game tickets. Time do? And so game time is just another version of that. It's a little more of a last minute type of thing. They have, they tend to have a lot of the same seats as SeatGeek does. StubHub has different ones. Um, tend yeah, to have yeah different I usually ones. list my tickets on StubHub. Yeah. And StubHub's the biggest one. It has the most, um, viewers. seats on it. It has the most viewers, but I like to go to these other ones because occasionally I can find a seat that somebody hasn't listed on StubHub that's a better price. So I look at a combination of price to where exactly the seat is. So when I buy it, even from Subhub, I know the exact location of my seat because I want to find it's all it's all a game for me, right? It's can I find the best seat in the entire stadium for a better price than anybody else is paying. Right. And that's how I do and I do a combination of things. And I probably spend way too long doing all that stuff. Well, but I always have, have so awesome quick, yeah, seats. But if you do find it, you got to buy it quick. You do. But I always have really awesome seats at great prices to anything. Playoff <laughs> we're gonna games, have, we're gonna all that kind of stuff. We're going to have to talk more about that yeah. off, off air yeah. because I need to get your system in my uh, queue here because yeah. I, uh, I need to keep I do up, that same thing with that. travel. Okay, well, we'll talk about yeah. that in the next segment. We're talking to Cliff and Alexander. In the next segment, we're going we're to lay out some more awesome apps that he uses uh, in personal life and in business. We'll get into some travel apps and some, uh, some apps and... Uh, Platform sieges every day in his business. You're listening to Grill Nation on 980 AM KMBZ. I wanna hear you calling my name Welcome back to Grill Nation with Jason Grill, 9, 8 a.m. KMBZ. Talking to Cliff and Alexander on our final segment. This show has gone fast. He's with Reactor Design Studios, a monthly contributor to the Grill Nation show. His website is reactorkc.com for all of your branding, marketing, and technology needs. Clifton, we're, uh, we're talking about apps today. We, we breezed through some. Let's talk about some travel apps. You told us about your systems. Tell us about those. I'd like to know more yeah, about that. Yeah, so um, one of my biggest things... Uh, with travel is booking hotels and trying to get a really good deal on a hotel. Right. And so, um, have you ever used Priceline or Hotwire yeah, to book a course, hotel? Yeah. yeah. So yeah. everybody has done that. Um, but I have this whole thing where I try to get, again, same thing at the seats. I try to get the best deal possible and the best location and the best whatever. Right. And I, I'll spend like an hour just going through all the scenarios your and wife maybe I'll must save love five you or ten bucks. I think she, I, I think she See, appreciates just, it. I hope that, she does. Because a lot of women, their wives actually do a lot of this planning. I'm all husbands. I'm all over but you're, this. But you're, kind of you're all over it. So she just yeah. walks in and she gets a great deal. Yep. Look at that. Yep. So I use this crazy combination of the all the travel sites plus Priceline plus Hotwire plus whatever. So one of the things I do all every time with hotels is I'll go into Hotwire. You can usually find the best price on a hotel if you're just going for star rating, and general location. Mm-hmm. Hotwire is a great place to start. But I'll start on Hotwire, and it might say three-star hotel, $140 a night. Then I'll go into Priceline, and I'll go into the Name Your Own Price thing, and I'll select the same location, and I'll select three-star, and I'll put in a Name Your Own Price for like $115. And about five out of ten times, it'll ping, and it'll work. 
And so what ends up happening is so I'm get getting, and I'll hotel. get, uh, and, and I, you never know if it's really the same hotel because they don't tell you what the hotel is until after you've booked it. Mm-hmm. But most of the time, I'm pretty sure it's probably the same hotel or, or it's very similar enough, right? To where if my lowest price on hotline, hotwire was 140, but I can name my own price for the same location, same star rating at Priceline and get it for 115 or 120, I've just saved 20 bucks a night and I probably ended up with the same hotel anyways. And those usually work the best for really last minute kind of, you know. Well, and a lot of people are just don't had. want to book a hotel they don't know the name of. Right, and they don't. So but you know what? Risk, I have, it's a little bit of a risk, but I mean, I've used, I've used Priceline and Hotwire so many times and I have never, ever had a bad situation. And the reason is, is that all of those hotels are rated by the people that stay there. And if I'm on Hotwire and it says 50% rating, I am not going to book that hotel no matter what the price is because I know it has terrible customer service or whatever. So I always find the ones that are 80%, 90%, 100% because you know that if there's 500 people that have stayed there and 90% of them rate it five stars, like seriously, what could go wrong, right? Yeah. Yeah, maybe you'd have a bad experience, but you're going to be like you have a better shot million. not to. Wave, wave. So you have used the Hotwire Priceline technique. Yeah. Um, yep. you, you talk about Lyft, Uber, Airbnb, and road trips. What are those apps? Okay, road trip. So, so we know about Lyft and Uber. I I tend to prefer Lyft just because um, I don't know. Maybe I'm just trying to be anti Uber or something, but trying to give somebody else a shot. Right. Uber has become the word that you use to to call a car. Um, so I like to give Lyft a chance just to just give somebody else a chance in the game. So I like that. Um, but the other one was Airbnb. Airbnb. I've used that a lot lately. Uh, family trips, personal trips, uh, that sort of thing. I, I have you used Airbnb? Yes, yeah, I have. I used that in Venice Beach. Yeah. Great so place. I stayed in a guy's house once. That was kind of interesting. I don't prefer that as much. Um, as the having your own house or apartment to yourself. So I tend I don't to only anyone, for I don't those. think anyone would. Yeah, yeah. It, it, My it friend wasn't... actually has a great story about this. His wife <laughs> okay. booked his Airbnb. Oh, she was cutting corners, and he woke up in the morning. He had no idea there was someone else in the house. And he, he went out to get breakfast, and there was a family serving it. And he was like, yep. what the heck is going on yeah. right now? Didn't know. And he texts her group text feed, and he's like, holy crap, There's a it's 730, yeah. and there's kids running around in yeah. this house. What's going on? Yeah. So if you're not aware of what's going on, you can be in a situation, but it's not all bad. And, and again, you look at reviews, right? And you look at if the host is, has a hundred reviews and they're all five star, you know that you're going to have a good experience, right? Mm-hmm. Whereas if the host has no reviews or they have bad reviews, you probably shouldn't book that. And so that's what I always go on is looking at the reviews and things like that. Um, but I have this app called Road Trip. Um, it's actually developed originally by a company locally and a person that I know, and it lists out in map form or in list form literally every single amazingly cool, weird, funky thing in this country. This country ultimately way back in the day was built on this Route 66, the road trip, the whole deal, and they had the largest ball of twine and the giant cowboy sign and the, you know, the national monuments and all this stuff, and this app has started to catalog all of that stuff. Interesting architecture, crazy weird places to eat, um, weird national monuments, things like largest ball, you know, whatever, all that kind of three-headed cow, all that kind of stuff. But I have used that app every time I go on a road trip or every time I'm traveling somewhere. If I'm just in California with my family or my work uh, associates, we will use that app and look up around us what is interesting to do around here that's, that's off the beaten path. That's not in your typical guidebooks. That's all that kind of stuff. And I absolutely love that app. I use it all the freaking time. 
And I love that I know the people that developed it and they're really into those types Road of things. Trip. The, the, yeah, the folk art and the Americana and all that kind of stuff. Um, the unfortunate thing about it is I don't know if I can recommend it right now because it's not updated for iOS 11. So if I try to pull it up on my phone right now, it will not actually pull up because it's a legacy app. So I need to, I need to get in touch with them and have them try to figure out if they're going to redo it because I absolutely love that kind of thing. Weird roadside attractions, you know, all that kind of funny stuff. So. Um, uh, we'll check that out. Road yeah. trip. Check it out. Gotta check uh, out road trip. And mapping. Ways, obviously, you love. Yeah. So use Ways a lot. I even use it sometimes to get home at night because, um, you know, it takes you around around the traffic jams and stuff. It's fantastic for L.A. Let's uh, um, and let's uh, we got a couple more minutes here left in the show. Let's yep. talk about some business. Uh, oh, yeah. We didn't like get to, to that. I mean, we're just rolling right now. I mean, yeah. um, OK, so <laughs> Evernote. We use Evernote a lot. It's cross platform. I'm looking at my notes right now on Evernote. I use it all the time for creating notes for this show, for all kinds of things. It's right there. Very creative. Looking at it. Um, and it syncs to my phone and my iPad and everything, so I can always have those notes. I keep recipes in there for certain things. I keep all of my notes for, for things, a few client notes in there. Uh, we use Slack a lot inside of our office. Slack is not a, a new app by any by any means. It's not something that nobody's ever heard of. Um, but we started using Slack maybe a year or two ago and it is completely, almost completely eliminated inner office email. And so it acts essentially like a, like a platform where you can chat back and forth with all of your coworkers, either via groups or direct private messages or all those sorts of things within that app platform, um, works on your desktop or your, uh, mobile app. And we absolutely love that app. We use it probably a thousand messages a day fly around in our office through, through Slack. So that's a really good productivity one. Um, I have a to-do list app called clear that clear, I use okay. and it is called clear because is, cause it is dead simple. I mean, it's simple. I mean, it's just beautiful looking. It's super simple. Um, the interface is very gestural and easy and simple to use. And that's why I like it. It doesn't have a lot of fluff. It doesn't have calendars and due dates and all that. It's literally you just list out your stuff and in a really simple way you can remove or add or check off or whatever. And you're done. It's just super simple. It's called clear. So I really like that one. And I use a pen and paper for that. And use a pen. And you know what? I use both, right? I, I also use a pen and paper for certain yeah. things. I use email to send myself notes or whatever. Yeah, right. But I always have this running list on clear of just things I need to get done. Clifton Alexander has been our guest. And a couple of the things you can't live without, which we'll talk about on a future show, or your GoPro. A yep. uh, long lens camera for specific stuff. It's all uh, PG rated, I assume. Yeah. <laughs> and workout shirts, you want 100% polyester. Always. No cotton, man. <laughs> no no sweating in your cotton shirts. It's ridiculous. No sweat in your cotton shirts. And business cards. Things you always, always have, on have you to have business time. cards. Clifton Alexander, Reactor Design Studios. Great show. Thanks for all the information uh, you put together today on apps that we should be using, both in personal and in our business lives. So appreciate it. We'll see you again soon, buddy. Thanks. You've been listening to Grill Nation. We'll see you again next week. Take care. Have a good one.